Our scripture lesson this morning indeed is a tough parable, one that even sounds unfair. This comes from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. I invite you to read along in the pew Bibles in front of you. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Let's listen to God's word to us this morning from Jesus' parable. Jesus says this, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers to work his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw that there were others who were standing idle in the marketplace. So he said to them, hey, you also go out into the vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. And so they went. When he went out again about noon, and then again at about three o'clock, he did the same. And then came five o'clock, and he went out again, and he found others who were still standing around. And he said to them, why are you even standing here idle all day long? And he said to them, because nobody has offered us work and hired us. He said to them, well, then you too go into my vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those who were hired about five o'clock came, he gave each of them a denarius. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying these last they only worked for one hour for one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat when he replied to them he said friend i am doing you no wrong did you not agree with me for denarius take what belongs to you and go I choose to give this last to the last, the same to you. Am I not allowed to do with, do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So then the last shall be first and the first shall be last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We pray for the one who preaches for his sins are many. Let's pray. Holy and merciful God, may something of what I say and do, or at least, O God, something of what is seen and heard of me here today, may it not be of me, may it not be of us in this room, but may it be for us, for me, may it be of you. May it be of you and your promises for us, the things that you have done for us and the things that you would have us do for you. In your holy name, we ask this, O God. Amen. Here's an observation about the human heart. If you want to offend someone, the surest and easiest way to do it is to deny them something that they feel like they have earned. It doesn't have to be something obvious like the wages that you've worked for all day long. It 
could be some small or innocent offense, like failing to call somebody by the title their degree affords them to be called. That could offend someone. It could also be very blatant and nefarious, like the nepotism of a judge showing leniency to a congressman's son that she wouldn't even think to show to a poor neighborhood kid for the exact same crime. That could offend. You could call it disrespect. You could call it injustice. You could call it unfairness. But if you want to offend someone, the easiest way to do it is to deny them something that they feel like they have earned. Now, I'm not talking about denying people a thing that they need, but a thing that they feel like they have earned. Don't get me wrong. If a person is denied something that they need, what usually happens is they start to get scared. They start to feel insecure. Sometimes they may act frantically, even dangerously, if they are willing to do whatever it takes to get what they need to survive. But usually, that person isn't offended by the denial, not by the lack of what they need alone. A person only becomes angry or resentful when they have worked and worked and worked or feel like they have done everything they can to find what they need, and yet they are still left lacking. When that happens to a person, when that happens to you and me, we feel desperate. Desperate when we don't get the things we need. But we only start to feel offended when we don't get the things we feel like we are owed. Here's another observation about the human heart. We live in a desperate world. In our world today, um, so many people struggle to receive the things that they need in life. You know this, I know this. All you got to do is watch the news. Right now, there are families in Ukraine and Israel and Gaza. And even places that we don't think about or hear about that much on the news, like Yemen, places all around the world where people are living under the frightening scourge of war, not getting what they need to survive. But we don't have to go that far away to find it. Right here in our own backyard, there are families who are scraping together every last penny, choosing between groceries and their medications so they could get by right here in our community. And you know, it's not just the poor and the destitute and the oppressed and the trapped who struggle to have their needs met. Even the most privileged among us can find ourselves desperate for things we need. More abstract things like companionship or safety or healing from an illness or hope. These are things that we need just as much as bread and water. So we live in a desperate world where we don't always get what we need. This is nothing new. This has been true as long as humanity has been around. It's not a unique condition of modern life to live as a human being has always been to struggle to get the things you need in life. No one gets all the things that they need in life. This was true in Jesus' day. 
And it is as true today, albeit in vastly different ways. And in a world as desperate as ours, a world desperate to get the things that it needs, this thing happens where all of us find ourselves pouring our efforts into earning the things that we need. However tangible or intangible, however concrete or abstract they may be, we feel like we have to prove ourselves worthy so that the world will then owe us the bread and the water or the companionship, recognition, or hope that we need, that all of us need. But then when a blind and cold universe ends up denying us these things that we are owed, that we feel like we are owed, we are no longer just desperate. Now we are offended. That's what makes you resentful and bitter. And such is the cycle in which all of us live our lives. If you want to offend someone, deny them something they feel like they have earned. This morning, Jesus tells us a story. In the story, it's 6 p.m., and the sun is setting over a vineyard in ancient Judea. It's been a long day of tending to the grapes and to the vines, and it's starting to get dark. It's starting to get too dark to continue working for the day. So the owner of the vineyard calls together uh, all of his laborers from the field that he has hired throughout the day. He says, it's time to settle up. So everybody comes up to the front office, and they stand in a circle, uh, and one by one, the owner hands every laborer a paycheck. And he gives the exact same paycheck to every one in the circle. That sounds fair. But is it? Immediately this becomes a problem. And the problem is they haven't all put in the same effort. Standing there in the circle, there are some laborers who started first thing in the morning. There are others that were hired at 9 a.m. And they've been out in the field for nine hours straight. Then there are other laborers who were hired at noon. There are other laborers who were hired at 3 p.m. And as if this wasn't enough, there are even workers who are standing in the circle who receive a full day's pay, even though they have only shown up at the vineyard at 5 p.m., one hour before closing time. At the end of the day, barely even enough time to even get started in the fields, to know how to work the fields. And this isn't even the worst of it. The worst of it is there's a reason that these workers are still available at the end of the day. And it's not a good reason. The reason these vineyard workers at the end of the day who are hired at 5 p.m. are still there is because no one else has cared to hire them all day long. These workers aren't even worth hiring. If they were worth hiring, they would have been signed up at noon, 3 p.m., or even 9 a.m. But yet here we are at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, the owner of the vineyard, who we may take as a metaphor for God, the one to whom all things belong, the one to whom all fairness and justice belongs, the owner of the vineyard is handing out the exact 
same earnings for everyone. For everyone, regardless of how worthy they were of being hired, regardless of how much effort they have poured in to the laboring in the vineyard all day long. This is what the vineyard owner, this is what God does, Jesus says. Now you might imagine that at this, the 5 p.m. workers are ecstatic. Why? Because just an hour earlier, things were getting desperate for them. All day long, they'd been sitting on the corner waiting for someone to come around and offer them something to do, some work, some way to earn a living. But as the day went on, things were looking more and more dim. There was no work for them to do. There was no work they were seen as worthy of doing. And like at the end of the day, it was looking more and more likely that at the end of the day, they were going to be going home empty-handed with nothing. And that means that they were going to have no means, no means to buy the things that they need the things that their family need in life. And so they were getting desperate. And yet here, one hour later, in just one hour, their fortunes have changed. Their favor has changed. They have come in to a full day's pay when it looked like they weren't going to get anything. And not because they earned it. They got it because of a gracious, outrageous gift from a landowner, a generous landowner that is a generous, outrageous God. And at the end of the day, they go home with what they need for the day. We don't have to imagine, though, how everybody else takes it. We don't have to imagine how the 3 p.m. workers feel, much less the noon workers, especially the 9 a.m. workers and the ones that were already in the fields at the beginning of the day, already on the payroll. Workers who've put in a full day's effort, they too receive a full day's pay. How dare this landowner, how dare this generous God give them the same pay as those fools that were only good enough to be hired an hour ago and did hardly anything. If you want to offend someone, if you want to fill someone with bitterness and resentment, then the surest and truest way to do it is to deny them something which they feel like they have earned. You see, grace is a double-edged sword. Grace is powerful. It is powerful because on the one hand, it cuts right through to the heart of what a desperate world needs by offering mercy. In a world where every one of us struggles in some way to get what we need, whether it's something basic like bread and water or something more abstract but just as real like companionship and hope, we are given this good news that ultimately our lives belong to a God who gives us all everything we need, exactly what we need, with no regard for whether we've earned it or whether we deserve it. In fact, the depth of God's grace that is given to us, it's given even though we prove ourselves over and over again to be undeserving of it. But there's another edge to that sword. 
And the other edge to that sword is that receiving a gift of grace like that, given to you like that, that means that that gift of grace is also given to everyone else. And so if you are to receive that gift, you have to surrender any sense that you are owed anything. Anything. It means you have to let go of the idea that the things that you have are yours because you have earned them. And this is sure to offend you. I know it offends me. And yet, it is the only remedy that is also sure to heal us all. Here's another observation about the state of the human heart. Every day out in the world, when you step outside beyond this sanctuary, our hearts are reinforced with an ideal. Over and over again, we are told a story. We are told the same story. Reinforced in the same ideal, which is that anything, anything that we have in life that is worth having, that is worth keeping, is something that we have earned. Something that we have proven ourselves worthy of having. That any effort that we put into life is only worth doing when we get paid for it, rewarded for it, when we earn something by it. Here in church, we suggest a different story. We suggest over and over again a different ideal, which is that the things that are truly worth having in life are not things that we earn but gifts. Gifts of a magnificent and generous God who gives them to us not because of what we do, not because of our efforts, but because of His own efforts on a cross, because of who God is. And if there's an objection that we feel compelled to raise against this idea. It's the same objection that the laborers raise against the vineyard own it. You know, if I had known at the beginning of the day that I only had to work one hour, one hour to get a full day's pay, I wouldn't have shown up at 9 a.m. I wouldn't have come in at noon. I wouldn't come in at 3 p.m. I would have waited till 5 p.m. I mean, what's the point? What's the point of putting in any effort if it doesn't earn me anything? It's a good question, but the problem with this objection is that it confuses effort with earning. These are not the same thing. It, we often think they're the same thing. In a world as desperate and as needy as ours, it's hard to separate effort and earning in our minds. But if you step back and you look at it with God's eyes, you step back and you look at it through the lens of the cross, you start to see that there's another kind of effort. The kind that shows itself 
in love? A better kind of effort? And this is the kind of effort, not the kind that earns you something, but a kind that has been earned from you. This is what each of us, the day laborers within us, tend to miss. The life of faith, of Christian faith, is not about putting your best effort forward to earn the favor of God. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's the other way around. In Christ, we have already been given everything. And this, if you can trust it and understand it, can only earn your best efforts for others. For each other. Because it's a desperate world out there. Every one of us, even the most privileged among us, struggle in our own way to get what we need. What can you offer? If there's something that you can offer, whether it's as basic as bread and water, or it's abstract as companionship and hope. You should give it when someone needs it. You should give it. And not because it'll earn you something. You should give it because of this good news. God has already given everything to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we ask it. Amen.